0: Erotic Dancing, Corruption and Mind Alteration, and Gender Essentialism, including characters expressing stereotyped attitudes about gender roles and sexual behavior. The views of the characters do not reflect the views of the author. You're listening to The Raven and the Writing Desk, the weekly podcast about the writings of Chris Lester and Liminal Corvid Press. This is Episode 276. Hello, Metamorphs! Welcome back to The Raven and the Writing Desk. I'm your host, Chris Lester. You can learn more about me and my work at chrislester.org and metamorphcity.com. Each week, I share a piece of my fiction with you, available in audio for the first time anywhere. I'll also tell you the latest on my writing endeavors. More on that later in the show. But first, let's get to this week's story. Today I'm bringing you Chapter 17 in my Metamore City novel, Making the Cut. If you're new to the show, don't start here. Go back to Episode 259 to hear this story from the beginning. The following recap will contain spoilers. Daniel Shirabi is conspiring with Ava Salindi to explore a radical life change. After giving away the money he earned from their Skyport mission, Daniel seems to be stuck with his life in the Psy Collective, where males with weak psionic talents have little status. Ava pointed out to Daniel that if he wants to increase his standing within the Collective, the simplest way to do it would be to take the curse of Metamor and become an androgyne. The androgyne curse gives a person the ability to change sex at will, but their dominant form is the opposite of their birth sex. So if Daniel takes the curse, he will be able to spend unlimited time as a woman without building up shifting stress. That means that he could get pregnant and bear children. And in the Collective's mind, that's the single most valuable service that any psi can perform. But taking the curse is permanent and irrevocable, and Daniel's not at all sure that he's ready to do something that drastic. So Ava arranged for a test run. She got Daniel a potion that will mimic the effects of the androgyne curse, but only temporarily. In last week's episode, he took the potion, and transformed from a handsome, athletic man into a gorgeous, athletic woman. He put on clothes that Ava had provided him, a crimson dress perfect for a night on the town. Ava was highly approving of these changes, and gave the name Danny to Daniel's feminine alter ego. Then she led Danny down to her skimmer, ready to show him a girl's night out. Making the Cut. A novel of Metamore City. Written in read by Chris Lester. Chapter 17 The nightclub known as Parallax was already fairly crowded when Danny and Ava arrived an hour later, though a line had yet to form outside the door. The bouncer grinned at them appreciatively as he checked their ID cards, which made Danny blush. As a former Skyball captain, he was used to people staring at him, but it was different when it was a tall, muscular man who was actively admiring his cleavage. He wasn't angry at him, and he didn't feel threatened. He probably would have stared too in his place, and with his martial arts training, he was sure he could take him. But the simple fact that he was an object of male desire was going to take some getting used to. Better learn to deal with it, Danny, he told himself. If this is really going to be your ticket into a breeding cell you're going to be getting a whole lot more than just admiring looks. Parallax was a mid-scale club, located on the second Skyway level in the downtown district of Metamore City. Danny had chosen it because it was owned by a telepath who had only loose ties to the collective. The club catered to both Spookies and Mundies, but the size they met here were more likely to be disaffected outsiders than full members of the Hive. Danny felt more at home here than at the Collective's all-teep dance parties, and he couldn't have brought Ava to one of those anyway. Danny and Ava entrusted their purses to the employee at the bag and coat check. In exchange, they each received a drink card attached to a lanyard, which served both as a claim ticket and as a way to keep track of their bar tab. Slipping the lanyards around their necks, they threaded their way through the loose crowd of people chatting near the entrance and into the heart of the club. The room smelled of sweat and perfume, with faint accents of tobacco and cannabis from guests who had smuggled in cigs or cabs. Strobe lights and lasers flashed in the darkness. A faint haze emanated from hidden fog machines, giving form and substance to the multicolored beams of light that danced over the heads of the crowd. The club's powerful speakers thrummed with Chagok, a style of music that was best described as the bastard child of Luton tribal rhythms and electric instruments. People of all colors and species writhed and spun under the music's influence. In several spots on the floor they had formed into spontaneous dance circles, where the bravest souls would move to a spotlight in the center and show off their moves for the onlookers. Danny lingered to watch one of these impromptu performers, a good-looking Kitchlander in his late twenties or early thirties. His short brown hair whipped out in all directions as he fell back onto his hands and spun his legs in a wide circle, then twisted, rolled, and popped back up to his feet with amazing speed. Danny couldn't even find words for what he did next, but it seemed to be inspired in equal measures by martial arts, acrobatics, and a bird caught in a tornado. The dancer leapt, spun, dropped to the floor, and came back up again, and through it all he kept perfect time with the frenetic beat of the music. Danny stood transfixed at the sight of it, and he wasn't the only one. Dimly, he was aware of the crowd pressing in around him, all of them watching with rapt attention as the dancer translated sound and rhythm into motion before their eyes. The song ended, and the crowd erupted in cheers and applause. The man stood and raised his hands over his head, grinning almost sheepishly at the praise. His head drifted to one side and ran up against his armpit, and he recoiled with a pantomimed look of revulsion, waving a hand over his nose. His audience just laughed and cheered even louder. Waving his thanks to them all, he ducked out of the circle and disappeared into the darkness of the club. That was bloody fabulous, Ava said, shouting to be heard over the cheers that were still rising up all around them. Who is he? Danny shook his head. No idea. I've never seen him before. Ava nodded in acknowledgement and pointed to the bar. Let's get something to drink. Right behind you. Picking out an open space at the bar, they swiped their drink cards through one of the readers and placed their orders with the bartender. Normally, Daniel preferred beer when he went out with friends, but tonight, Danny ordered a raspberry martini with a twist of lemon. It was a cheerful and unabashedly feminine sort of drink, and as such, it fit the mood he was going for tonight. If I'm going to do this, he thought. I'm going to do it right. Besides, the martini just sounded good for a change. The bartender passed them their drinks, and Ava and Danny raised them in a toast. To the girls' night out, Ava said, and Danny smiled as they clinked their glasses together. What did you get? he asked, before taking a sip of his drink. He raised his eyebrows and nodded in satisfaction. Not bad at all, I'm afraid I'm being rather predictable tonight, Ava said with a wry grin. It's a hot swap. Of course, Danny said, rolling his eyes. The drink's name came from the slang term for an androgyne who, like Ava, changed genders at the drop of a hat. They chatted idly for a while, enjoying the drinks and each other's company. They discovered a common interest in university skyball, and spent some time debating the relative prospects of their favorite teams. Several men came by with offers to dance, but Ava fended them off politely and firmly. Danny wasn't relaxed enough yet to dance with a stranger, and Ava seemed to sense that without being told. After his second drink, Danny had loosened up enough that he was ready to move, and he and Ava went out to the dance floor together. The music had transitioned from Chagok to a slower, sultrier style, one that was better suited to couples than spectators. They began to move in time with the music and with each other's bodies. Eva leaned in close, putting her mouth to Danny's ear. Lesson number one about being a woman. Your body moves differently. Your proportions are different, your balance is different, and your clothes are different. As a man, you've learned how to project your personal energy in a masculine way. Everything is about strength, directness, blunt force. If you want something, you go straight for it. A sexy man is one who knows what he wants, and goes after it with confidence. You with me so far? Danny nodded. For a woman, it's different, Eva said. Sexiness is still about confidence, but it's focused inward instead of outward. A sexy woman knows that she's desirable, and she invites attention toward her, instead of just seeing what she wants and grabbing it. Danny smirked. I don't know. As a guy, I don't think I would have minded if a beautiful woman threw herself at me. Ava shook her head. That's what you tell yourself, but deep down it isn't true. A woman who's too aggressive early on will come off as either a slut or just bloody terrifying. Being assertive in the bedroom is a turn-on, but you're not that far along yet. She drew back from Danny and turned in a slow circle, undulating her body in several intriguing ways. Your body language needs to be smooth and flowing, liquid, like a man could just step into it. At this, she put a hand on Danny's shoulder and moved sinuously around him until she had pressed up against Danny on the opposite side. And let it wash over him, she finished. Danny blushed furiously at the feeling of Ava pressing against him, her lips only inches away. Got it, he said. He put his arms around Ava and shifted her into a less distracting position. No, see, that's exactly what I'm talking about, Ava said, laughing. Do you see what you did there? You just moved me where you wanted me all directness, all linear. What would a woman do if she was uncomfortable with the way you were touching her? Probably slap me. Eva laughed again and shook her head. Let me amend that. What would she do if she wasn't ready for you to touch her like that just yet? She moved back to where she had been before, with her breasts pressed up against Danny's right side and her arm draped over the opposite shoulder. Show me what she would do. Danny thought about it for a moment. Then he brought his right hand up and ran it along the length of Ava's outstretched arm, gradually guiding it upward until her hand left Danny's shoulder. Danny clasped hands with her, then slowly brought their linked hands back down between them, turning his body and taking a half step back as he did so. At the end of the maneuver, they were facing each other with their hands clasped between them. All of his movements had been soft cajoling, guiding his partner to the desired level of separation without pushing her around or breaking away from contact. Very good, Ava said, unweaving her fingers from Danny's and running her hand slowly up Danny's arm until it was resting on his shoulder. At the same time, her other hand found Danny's hip and slid around to wrap behind him. Remember, soft and flowing always, Try to pitch your will directly against a man's, and he'll take it personally and fight you. Invite him gently to come where you're going, and he'll follow you anywhere. Your power is a fishing lure, not a club. Danny nodded. The idea of redirecting momentum instead of opposing strength with strength was one that he understood from his studies of the martial arts. Ava had just extended the idea from the literal into the metaphorical. Okay, I get it now, he said. I see that. Now take that and apply it to the whole way you move your body. Direct and angular movements will make you look cold and standoffish. Indirect and circular movements are inviting. Watch me. She took a half-dozen steps away from Danny and turned around. Squaring her shoulders and holding her chin up, she marched toward Danny, swinging her arms in time with the steady drum of her footsteps. She stared directly at Danny as she approached. She stopped bare centimeters from Danny, who unconsciously took a step backwards. How did that look? Danny smirked, like you were coming to kill me. Exactly. Now, watch this. Again, she withdrew six paces from Danny, This time, though, she turned her head and cast a veiled look over her shoulder, then pivoted the rest of her body in a slow, sinuous movement. She stalked toward Danny with measured, deliberate steps, sashaying her hips and putting each footstep in front of the other. She kept her chin slightly lowered and gazed up at Danny with half-lidded eyes. A smile played around the corners of her mouth, as if she were mildly amused. Her lips parted slightly as she came closer, and her chest rose in a slow, deliberate breath. She stopped at arm's length and looked up at Danny, and the smile broadened. "'Hello there,' she purred. Her eyes promised a memorable evening for the one who was gutsy enough to pursue it. She extended a hand, palm downward. Danny took a step towards her and took the offered hand, drawing her closer." The response was instinctive, just as his retreat had been a minute before. Ava leaned in close and planted a kiss on Danny's cheek, then drew back and looked at him. Do you see the difference? I do, Danny said. The tricky part will be remembering to do it. Piffle, Ava said, waving her hand dismissively. This stuff has been programmed into us by thousands of years of evolution. Your body knows how to move. Your brain is a woman's brain. The tricky part is getting your male memories and your male ego to take a back seat to your instincts. You just have to stop fighting against your nature is all. Danny chuckled and shook his head. That sounds great, but my male memories and my male ego are pretty much everything I think of as me. Right now it's like I'm just acting, playing a part. I can fake it for a while, but this isn't me. Except that it is you, Eva insisted. It's just a different you from the one you're used to. It's your same soul, but it's behind a different filter. You'll see what I mean. Just let Danny be herself, instead of trying to make her be Daniel. Danny shrugged. I'm not sure how, but I'll try. Good. Another song was starting, and Eva took a step back and put her hands on her hips. Time for your first test. Dance sexy for me. Danny blinked. What? Seduce me, Ava said, grinning wickedly. Dance like a woman would dance for her lover. Make me want you. Danny blushed, suddenly feeling self-conscious. He laughed nervously. I don't know if I can. You can, Ava said encouragingly. Stop thinking about it so hard and just do it. Danny closed his eyes and took a few deep breaths, steadying himself. He let the music soak into him, swaying gently with the beat until he was sure he had the rhythm of it. It was a trance number, with a fairly fast tempo and a heavy bass line that contrasted with a gentle, persuasive melody line and haunting accents from a synth pad. Danny moved his body at half-tempo, taking small steps left and right. He rocked his hips from side to side and rolled his shoulders in time with the steps, undulating his whole body. He turned in a slow circle, showing himself to Ava from every angle. The lights overhead painted him with flashes of green, purple, and red, playing across his curves and making them stand out sharply against the surrounding darkness. He moved his hands in slow, deliberate gestures, creating ripples that traveled up his arms and across his shoulders in one fluid motion. His right hand snaked up and passed through his hair, while the other ran slowly down his thigh, straying near the cleft between his legs without ever quite reaching it. The right hand slid down the side of his neck and down to his chest, Where he briefly cupped one breast while he arched his back and closed his eyes. The hand continued its journey down, running over his abs and then down over his right thigh. He continued in this vein, improvising as he went along. He looked up at Ava through half-lidded eyes and gave her an inviting smile. Ava watched, transfixed, her body swaying back and forth in time with Danny's movements. Danny sashayed closer to her, staying with the flow of the music. He reached out a hand and Ava took it, gently drawing him in closer. Danny spun inward on Ava's arm, coming nose to nose with her as he pressed up against Ava's body. Ava's lips parted in surprise, and Danny bent in close as if for a kiss. Just before their lips would have touched, Danny drew back, putting a gentle finger to Ava's mouth instead. He smiled impishly at Ava, and ran his fingertip over the woman's chin, down the line of her neck, and into the cleft between her breasts. He hooked the fingertip under the neck of Ava's dress and gave it a little tug, enough to tease her without actually pulling anything loose. Ava was touching him now as well, running her hands down the sides of Danny's torso and down to his waist. Danny turned in her arms and pressed back against her. Ava's grip tightened around his waist, and she ground her hips against Danny's ass while her breath came hot and insistent against his ear. One possessive hand ran down between Danny's legs and covered his mound, while the other cupped one of his breasts. Danny bucked against her and moaned as a jolt of pleasure shot through him. They moved together in time with the music, Danny submitting completely to Ava's commanding touch. As the song reached a crescendo, Ava spun Danny around and planted her lips firmly against Danny's. Danny opened himself to the kiss, wrapping one leg around Ava's body as Ava held him tightly against her, one hand behind his head and the other around his waist. Danny was in rapture. Their mouths opened to one another, and their tongues danced, and with the intimacy of that contact, Ava's mind unfolded itself in front of him. He felt Ava's ardent lust like a storm beneath her skin, and he wanted nothing more than to let the clouds open up and drown him. He sent his own emotions into the Link, pouring into Ava the loneliness of the last year, and a hunger that had gone unsated for far too long. Just to be touched like this, to be wanted by another in this way. It was like rain in the desert, and Danny could feel desire bursting into sudden, desperate bloom. Ava gasped against him and tightened her grip, surprise spilling over the rest of her emotions. Oh, gods, she thought, her words echoing through the link as clearly as if she had spoken them. What is this? Is this you? Danny put his arms around Ava's neck and kissed her again, hard. Yes, he sent back, urgently. Yes, it's me, Ava. I can feel how much you want this. How much you want me. Can you feel me inside you, Ava? Ava moaned against him, but Danny was vaguely aware of a new thread of uncertainty in her thoughts. But what? I thought you couldn't. I'm tired of denying myself. It's like you said, Ava. It's time for me to let go and stop fighting against my nature. He wrapped a hand between Ava's legs from behind, sending his fingers questing upward. Ava writhed and shuddered under his touch. Danny, listen to me, she said, her voice coming out urgent and shaky. The thing about androgynes is, oh God, that feels so good. Yes. Danny purred, moving his fingers higher. The thing is, Ava stammered, your sex drive is enhanced in your dominant form. You have to oh to be careful or you'll start uh, behaving irrationally. Sounds like fun, Danny teased. Gods, Eva was so beautiful. He couldn't wait to get her somewhere that he could explore every centimeter of that spell-sculpted body. A surge of fear shot through Ava, but it was still mingled with lust and excitement. It just made Danny want her more. He planted soft kisses on Ava's neck. There, there, he sent. I won't hurt you. It'll be amazing, you'll see. I'm not a teep, Ava whispered. Danny wouldn't have even heard her if the words hadn't been reflected in her thoughts. "'Nobody's perfect.' Danny felt Ava take a deep breath and focus her will, working past the haze of pleasure to form one forceful, coherent thought. "'Rebecca!' Danny paused. A nagging twinge of uncertainty crept up in the back of his mind. "'What? Think of Rebecca!' Ava hissed in her ear, she sounded desperate, like she was trying to convince herself as well as Danny if-if we do this, you'll be stuck in my head forever. You'll never get a chance to be with Rebecca again. That's what you really want, isn't it? Rebecca's image floated up before Danny's eyes. Becca, with difficulty, he withdrew his hand from underneath Ava's dress. They pulled back from their embrace and looked at each other, gripping each other's arms for support. Both of them were flushed and panting. Ava looked a little dazed, which matched how Danny felt. I... I guess I passed the test, Danny said, hesitantly. Ava let out a breathless laugh. Bloody hells, yes. Danny shook his head, trying to clear his thoughts. Thanks for snapping me out of it. If we'd done what we were about to do... Ava nodded. The gesture was exaggerated, and Danny realized that they were both at least a little drunk. Sorry. I should have warned you. Let's go sit down. They walked off the dance floor and found a small, half-moon-shaped booth in the back of the club, one of a dozen that ran along that part of the wall. The shadows were thicker here, and most of the other people using the booths were either making out or dosing up on drugs or liquor. Danny and Ava sat as far apart as the space permitted, facing each other over the small round table. Danny cleared his throat before speaking. So, I guess it's true what they say about androgynes. Partly, Ava admitted. Keep in mind, the curse was designed to turn Metamor's warriors into willing pleasure slaves. Our wizards manage to counter it, but not completely. The curse responds to your desires. The more feminine you make yourself, the harder it is to resist your instincts. You managed to resist, Danny said. I've been doing this a lot longer. I didn't realize how far I was pushing you, and the alcohol didn't help either. I'm sorry. Danny waved it off. Don't worry about it. No harm done. He smiled impishly. Besides, it was fun. You're a good kisser. Ava flushed. And you're amazingly good with your hands. I need a cab and I don't even smoke. I think they sell the smokeless ones at the bar, you know. Ava snorted. Fick, what's the point? Danny chuckled and looked out over the room. The place was packed now, and the dance floor was filled with a sea of bodies. A lot of them were making out at least as blatantly as Danny and Ava had been, which made him feel a little bit better. It had been fun, but he wouldn't have wanted to end up as the club's floor show on his first night as a woman. His eyes drifted over to the bar, where he spotted a man sitting in the shadows by himself. That struck him as odd. Parallax wasn't the sort of place that you went if you wanted a quiet drink alone. He looked up from his glass, almost as if he had felt Danny's eyes on him. Danny recognized him, and then he was even more surprised. "'I'm gonna go get us some water,' he said, sliding out of his seat. "'You want anything else?' Ava shook her head. "'Water sounds lovely, thank you. All right, be back in a few.' Danny went over to the bar and slid into the seat next to the man, which was strangely empty in spite of the crowd. He caught the bartender's attention and ordered two bottles of water, then turned his attention to the man. "'Can I get you anything?' he asked. The Chagok dancer looked surprised that Danny had spoken to him. "'What?' Danny almost laughed. "'There I go again, taking the direct approach,' he thought. "'Eva, you've got your work cut out for you.' "'I asked if you would like a drink,' he said." The man peered at Danny strangely for a moment, then shook his head, chuckling. No, thanks, I'm fine. Suit yourself. Danny cracked the cap on one of the water bottles and took a swig. That was some incredible dancing you did earlier. I can't believe I'm the first person to offer to buy you a drink. He smirked. Hells, I can't believe I'm the only one talking to you. The man shrugged uneasily. Sometimes the attention gets to me after a while. I've learned how to sort of... fade into the background when I get tired of it. Danny looked at him closely. You a tape? He snorted. Yeah, barely. They rated me as a level one. Some days I can barely hear myself think. Danny groaned at the pun, and the man sketched a half-bow, taking it as a compliment. I'm Jared Tamlin, he said, extending a hand. Danny took the hand and bowed over it, smiling. Danny Shirabi, he said. He didn't even have to think twice about the name. And that's the end of Chapter 17. Come back next time, when Daniel discovers a complication to his trial size transformation, and the Summer Cell faces the consequences of their failed mission. Neil Gaiman said, The one thing that you have that nobody else has is you. Your voice, your mind, your story, your vision. So write and draw and build and play and dance and live as only you can so let's see how much of me I've brought to the page this week. It's time for the Weekly Writing Report. This update covers the week of February 13th through February 19th. I wrote 4,801 words this week, over the course of 7.75 hours, for an average writing speed of 619 words per hour. As of Friday night, I've gone 306 days without breaking my chain. This week I continued working on Learning the Ropes, my Natasha prequel story. One of the challenging things about this piece was setting aside the Natasha that I've gotten to know during the novel, mature, sexually confident, and emotionally scarred, and thinking about who she would have been at age 18, before the experiences that made her who she is. How did she learn that she was attracted to women? What made her leave her homeland and join the Imperial Army? Who were the mentors and authority figures that helped to shape her? And how did she overcome her cultural barriers and learn to operate in Imperial society? There are a lot of things I could write about in this story, but I don't want it to get too long. It's supposed to be an appetizer, not a main course in its own right. For now, I'm following the story where it takes me but there's a good chance I'll have to trim some of this out later to keep it at the size I want. Fortunately, any scenes I end up deleting can then be used as perks for the newsletter, so nothing will be truly wasted. Currently, the story is over 3,500 words. This is the last episode of Season 6 of The Raven and the Writing Desk. I'm writing this script in mid-February, so I don't have the complete numbers for this season yet, but from where things stand right now, it's looking good. With two and a half months left, I've already logged over 180,000 words. That's a bigger word count than the entirety of Seasons 3, 4, or 5. A big part of that is that I've been writing for longer sessions on the days I do write. By the end of January, I was averaging 822 words per day this season, the highest of any season so far. I completed an entire 130,000-word trilogy in Season 6, and I'm on track to finish a couple more short stories in the same universe before the end of April. I'm not going to beat the word counts that I managed in Seasons 1 and 2, both of which were over 230,000 words, but the last year has been a fabulous success from a writing standpoint. I'm excited to see what I can do next. This episode will air on May 2nd, 2021. For the next two Sundays after you hear this, I'm going to be on vacation with Mel and the dogs in Montana. I'll be back on May 23rd with the start of Season 7. See you then! If you'd like to share your thoughts about the show, send your feedback in text or audio to Feedback at gmail.com. To leave a voicemail, dial area code 641-715-3900, then enter extension 255-082, followed by the pound sign. My Facebook is Facebook.com slash Author Chris Lester, the fan group is Fans of Metamore City on Facebook, and our Discord server is Metamore City. I'm there pretty often, so come say hi! If you like this show, please consider leaving a review at Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or Podchaser.com. It really helps people find the show. That's all for this week. I'll be back next time with more fresh new fiction. Until then, keep it on the bright side. This is Chris Lester, signing out. The contents of this podcast are copyright 2021,